welcome back to episode nine of the OK Short Podcast. I am your co-host Hayden Boozer. And I'm your other co-host Garrett Spees. And we are coming at you live today on a on a bright, stormy night in South Carolina. Bright and stormy. That'll do it. Wow. It's not storming. It's actually quite calm outside. Yeah. And uh, we are. It is nine ten p.m. And wow. This is a late this is specific, one. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're coming we're off, one of these off a late session in a while. Big recording day today. We recorded a lot of a lot of content for your viewing, for your listening pleasure. You're not sure. going to view anything. You can no. just stare at the logo for the whole time you listen yeah. to it. You can stare at like if you want to view something. You transcribe it as you listen to it. Yeah, do that. Yeah, write us like a write us a letter with a transcription of our podcast. Yeah, we'll frame it. Anyway, today is just me and Garrett. Garrett and I, to be grammatically correct, we have no, we don't have a guest today. Uh, we we had a, we had guests in our last few episodes, and that was a pretty interesting endeavor for yeah. us, having not tried that out yet. Hopefully, it turned out well. Hopefully, you enjoyed it. But uh, we're back to just just us two. Yes. And we thought today we'd we'd tackle a film that that is relevant because it just came out. Yeah, like or, the past like two months, I would say. Yeah, which is uh, Tick Tick Boom. The, on Netflix original film, yeah, the, starring the, Andrew um, Garfield, the musical with Andrew Garfield, the biopic about uh, Jonathan Larson, Jonathan Larson, the famous musical writer mm-hmm. of Rent. Is this, have you ever heard of Rent? Not until I watched this movie. You know, I uh, I saw this movie last night with Rachel after you left. Um, saw it again with her. Oh, you watched it a second time. Yeah, so I'm extra fresh on it, but because she she actually knew Rent. Oh, she knew. When Rent. We started the movie, and then it said like how you know Jonathan Larson creator of rent or whatever right. she like she knows rent apparently it's like that's a bigger musical for musical theater people yeah if, i'm sure I, if I'm, I was... I'm pretty i'm pretty removed i mean i i, mean, I didn't do musical theater musicals at all i've seen i saw lion king off broadway yeah which was amazing i highly recommend you go see lion king live i've seen wicked yeah have you seen it in person yes my mom loves wicked wicked's really wicked's good. the only one i've seen that's a good one yeah. my girlfriend's huge into broadway though. i've seen uh lion king off broadway i saw matilda matilda's great great the movie movie is good too oh Never my seen god that. like the roald dahl not roald dahl film book but the film is really good i'm just like this was an interesting one for me because i'm typically just not a musical yeah guy. that's what you said yeah like i just i they just don't appeal to me it's not uh, do you ever watch hamilton yeah i've seen hamilton i thought hamilton was good but that, I, that's, I don't know. that's different than that's a lot that's like different a, i think even though Lin- Lin- i think it's called like a operetta it's where like everything is a song like right. the story is told in song, whereas a musical is like a There's narrative and then a song and then a narrative and, and then especially a, song. a movie like this. This is more of a movie movie narrative. So, the, like, yeah, because um, well, you know, I've done a little bit of looking up, not anything crazy, but so just a little background from what I gather from the movie, right? So you have Jonathan Larson, you know, a man who grew up in New York, uh, or he lives there, and in 1990, for the past five or eight years, a little bit confused. I think it was like eight or five years. He's working on yeah. this. He's working on a musical called Superbia. Mm-hmm. It was like a rock musical he wrote about like the future of the time pretty pretty creative for the 90s yeah yeah especially really different than anything that's ever come out from musicals so he creates he writes superbia obviously spoiler alert didn't come out we'll talk about that later right if you if you're listening to this there's gonna Please, be spoilers yes. so Big spoiler warning sorry dude we do, need to we need to remember yes. to say that yeah <laughs> uh spoiler warning please watch this movie because I mean, it's not like huge, like, but it's a movie where like when we discuss it, there's gonna be things you don't want to know. Maybe I'll put it in the title, spoilers, like, like in parentheses. We'll, yeah, or we'll cut out that little bit. Start yeah. now, saying spoilers. Anyway, so yeah, he makes Superbia, which doesn't happen. Then that same year in 1990, he makes a musical called Tick Tick Boom. Right, which is so about the, the making. The of movie Superbia. you're watching, it's kind is, of a, it's kind of an Inception yeah. kind of thing. So yeah, because like the movie you're watching is the musical Tick Tick Boom. Right. You can find that on iTunes, 1990 recording. It was like a stage show, kind of mm-hmm. like a low 
lower type with musical. like monologues and yeah, stuff rock, like that. I think they call it like a rock monologue. So you're watching Tick Tick Boom, which is a real musical Jonathan Larson made about his making of Superbia. Then later on, in like 1995 or six, is when he made Rent, which was like his big just breakout. Big break. Yeah. So yeah, that did you did, now when you were watching it, did you grasp that or were you confused? No, of what was not happening? till the end. It was a little bit confused. Rachel especially was pretty confused, of like, because you know, movie starts. He's on the stage. Andrew right. Garfield is playing Jonathan Larson. You know, talking about how he's going to be turned thirty or whatever. Um, and then it cuts back to like him in New York. So the whole time he's like yeah. flashbacking, right? Which is which is something that you know was weird for me, as someone who 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 hasn't been a big fan of musicals like throughout my whole life. Like I, I only only the other only real musical I could think of that I'd I'd like gone to see in theaters or like really been interested in was frozen yeah and that was just because that was like a pop culture did you phenomena. say like the musical version or just no, like, I the, did, like well, the disney the, movie well what's, based, what do you define musical. as musical because uh, musical is like a like a cinematic version like i would i would say in live is like broadway broadway yeah because like musical is like or like musical theater yeah musical theater is like the hardcore version that's like when our school does like that's uh, like live like uh guns and or guys and dolls whatever it's called like those things a musical can be anything from like, uh, you know, like West Side Story, but either this, the Broadway version of West Side Story or the one that just came out with Ansel well, Elgort. I'm, ref- you know, I'm referring to musical as a movie that films, has music in it. Musical yes. films. Musical films. That, Frozen would that count. I yeah. haven't been a fan. A lot of Disney movies are Mus- musical. Musical theater and Broadway, I can get behind because yeah. I, I like seeing it live. But I've just never been a big fan of the film version because mm-hmm. it's like, I'd rather just watch a movie with no music or that, or I'd rather just listen to the music. Like so I like, feel like. So an interesting question for you then is like when when you saw Hamilton, obviously, or I assume it was the Disney Plus one. Yeah, the live. So one. what did you think? It was, that was a recording of a live show, so it's like a little hybrid. But I was still watching the performers live. So do you like that though, Hamilton? Yeah. The way Hamilton was done. So you, do you think there's a a market for, or they should do it more in the future where they live record shows like that? Because like for Hamilton, that that was recorded back in like 2016, maybe a little bit earlier. Right. And that was the original cast, because now you see Hamilton. It's still touring, but it's like way different cast. Like, right, Lin- right. Lin-Manuel Miranda is not in that anymore. Well, they should be recording them anyway, which they uh, yeah. probably do. Yeah, but I think I think there's a big market where these popular musicals that are coming out on Broadway, they should record them and make them movies. Like a, a purchasable yeah. content. Yeah. Because there's, there's so much you should do to preserve live arts, like drum yeah. core. They sell the DVDs, and exactly. those are expensive, but I'll always buy those, because... That's right. just so cool. Or like, so there's like very famous live shows, like Nirvana's, yeah. uh, like live in live at Reading, which is recorded, and you know, yeah. And then you can you can market that. It only helps the artists. Yeah. It only helps everyone, because people want to buy it. Yeah. Even if they were at the show, they're like, damn, I, I want to watch it again. For sure. But anyway, but back to why I wasn't a big fan of musicals, and right. I I use wasn't because this movie kind of changed me a little bit. Yeah. I, I just, you know, I'm like a cynical guy. I'm like, oh, I hate the the flashy. You know, every mm-hmm. musical to me just seemed like it was like, there was like that one song that's like, and we can do it, yeah. yeah there's a, there, I and then there's up. always like the one down song that's like, will I do it? Yeah. And then <laughs> there's, there's a comedian I follow on Instagram where he made, he has like a couple of Instagram posts, Instagram reels where he's like lines before a musical. It's like, oh man, we, we really can't afford to pay for the farm. I know if we work together, we can pay for yeah, the farm. Exactly. Like, and so I think there's that trope for sure. And especially you get towards like animated Disney musicals. Like Lego movie. I actually liked the Lego, Lego movie. movie. Was that, there's a lot of songs in that one. I don't know, Actually, forever. there's probably like one song. That was not a musical. Yeah. I'm stupid. <laughs> Lego movie is good though. You, you ever see the Lego Batman movie? No. I heard off. it was good. 
I but, just would never watch that in my yeah. life. Yeah, Lake movie was cool. Was that I would watch what that, was the, but I haven't. What was the bad guy in the movie Lord 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 Business? Business? Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty funny. But yeah, um, I would say I definitely grew up in an environment of liking musicals. My mom is a big, big musical person. Like she saw Wicked. She really likes. Um, she liked West Side Story a lot because that's about Puerto yeah. Ricans. Uh, and then there's one other one, Bye Bye Birdie, she really likes. I've or like the original it. Grease. Have you ever seen like the the, the old live Grease? Grease? No, I've not seen live Grease. Like the film one with yeah, John Travolta. Oh, is there a live version of Grease? There I don't know if there is. Be. It's probably somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a Broadway show. I've seen the John Travolta one. I think that's good. You know, stuff like that, like classics. It's, it's campy, but I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, I I'm indifferent. And that's the time. And but what's cool? A good point. A segue into like how it's all campy. You know, Jonathan Larson. He was trying to make stuff that was very progressive. Yeah, that's and, why and I like this. Because because he's in the year, ni- year nineteen ninety. You still like have a lot of classic musicals. He's making a movie about the future, and literally he like, I know it's like they're filming it in twenty twenty one, but it's like, you know, a society where they're glued to their mobile devices. Like, yeah, it's, I mean, if, if I'm assuming most of that's true, but Jonathan Larson thought at the time, it's just so progressive, so revolutionary, and the fact that like, society ultimately wasn't ready for that. It, it's, no, they it's, He's just so ahead of his time, and as, as a creative person that he's thinking all these things that are so futuristic and so modern and so like, you know, against the grain and this like, no, did, we don't like did it. Did Superbia like, like post-mortem no. ever get like, no, undiscovered? Un- I followed after I watched the movie, I like, I scroll through the Tick, Tick, Boom Instagram account and they, do you know the song, everything and anyone and it will be there. Like the one that it was from in the movie. Was it in the movie? Yeah. Like it was like the Superbia song? one where it's like the, Event of the century, do 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 oh, yeah, do yeah, yeah, will yeah. be there. Yeah, I know. They actually they produced that and released that on iTunes of that oh, cast. Okay, okay. But never released Superbia song. That's cool. It's called like the something sectet or whatever. You know, good. Yeah. Should, okay. Well, should, are we are we gonna be we're gonna be talking about the movie Tick Tick Boom, not the actual play, mm-hmm. right? Because I haven't seen the actual. I haven't play. seen the actual play. I haven't really listened to it too much. I listened to yesterday. I listened to Therapy of the original recording. Therapy okay. is a song. I feel bad that you. Yeah, that. Feel- that, that was, one's like their most that popular was, that one. That was a standout. Yeah, that that I saw that on Instagram reels a lot. That scene where it's like, I feel bad that you and shine up. Da, da, da. That's Vanessa Hudgens right. or Hudgens. Yeah, yeah Vanessa she's Hutchinson. from High School Musical. High School Musical, which yeah. is funny. Yeah, she she was great in this one. She looks no different. Yeah, she like, looks she exactly, looks exactly just, the same. just like aged ten years or whatever. You know. Yeah. But um, um, yeah, and I thought a line you would like, because you know, obviously Hayden and I usually, whenever we can, we uh, consume media that we both watched or seen or listened to we always talk about it immediately like long yeah. phone calls or whatever so this is the first time we had to, like withhold this things from each other said nothing so like a big thing is that like before you seen this movie you had texted me that you don't like musicals now so yeah. I, I was while i was watching the movie i was always you thinking, were thinking of it like is he gonna like this? i was like is he gonna like it you know i was looking for things that you might like yeah. so one thing that always stood out to me both times i watched it i, I thought you would really like was skipping ahead a little bit and we'll go over most scenes because i think there's a lot of good ones to talk about but like the scene where um michael who you know who michael is right Right. Michael and Jonathan are talking about how Jonathan just got rejected for Superbia. Right. And how he's like, you know, creators in the world, they, they, they churn out these uncreative musicals, million dollar things every single time, blah, blah, blah. I thought yeah. that scene, that I thought like, you'd really like it because you, you make music. Yeah. And so I think you recognize a lot of like how, how hard it is for a smaller artist trying to make progressive to things. Yeah. I was going to get to that. I was going to make a profound statement about that. Okay. But we can save that for later. The, the, but. the main reason that I, that I enjoyed this, this musical film more than other musical films that i've mm-hmm. seen is because the narrative was really priority strong. one yes. and the music was priority two because there's a lot of songs from tick tick boom the musical that they just didn't do right because it and was a narrative where they could put a song they yeah. did they didn't force it though and, and my my usually my problem with musicals is the music the, the music numbers feel 
forced, forced. and yes. like shoehorned in yes. just for the the purpose of having them like like um what's what's the example i'm thinking of like mama mia you know that series i have seen that i've the movie it's not even that old it's like 2010 yeah, or something the, the first one I, I didn't have a lot of problems with i mean there's I, multiple ones oh God. yeah, yeah. I've rachel, only seen the- rachel this is rachel's favorite movie by okay. the way so that's, tread that, lightly that's like meryl streep in it right yeah thing. i thought it th- I only, i've only seen the first, first one, it was one good. first one was entertaining because it's like bgs right yeah second or one ABBA or something the second one there was a, there were like a few musical numbers that were just no purpose yeah and for but with this movie it felt like like I could still follow everything. I, I was entertained the whole time. The music was great, mm-hmm. and all, but also the narrative was compelling. Yes, that's that's why I liked this and one. I, I really like too the way they handle musical numbers. It's like because you know every music they're not actually singing, even though like they're dancing like Michael in the apartment. Yeah, it's the him on the stage, Jonathan Larson doing Tick Tick Boom, and you yeah. know, six months later. So it's cool because it's like he's singing songs that's narrative because they're telling stories of how he, his exactly. previous life. So every song had brilliant. an actual had purpose. A purpose. Like the the therapy again was about their argument you exactly, know? which was a that was a that's powerful pretty, scene. Yeah, it's pretty unique. Well, and also yeah, Andrew Garfield is like so, it re- these are like real performances from him. Really, really, it really felt, good. It felt more like genuine. Whereas with a lot of musicals, like you, there's a there's a distinct like cut of tr- like transition of like this was the narrative and then now we're doing a musical number. A lot yeah. of these like blended. Yeah, it really progresses it. And, like, and also usually whenever they cut to the musical numbers, it becomes this very like studio, like mm-hmm. you're basically watching a music video. Yeah. This one felt raw. Like, yeah, like the same actor on screen that just said this line of dialogue is now you can singing. tell they're singing it. Yeah. Like, and like, like Vanessa Hudson yeah, or like, yeah, or exactly. you, you know, the, you know, the, you know, the song come to your senses. Yeah. That's like the big musical number big for Elizabeth. I think her name. Yeah. Yeah. You could tell when it was saying between, Jonathan Larson's girlfriend, and then Vanessa, who was different voices. Like you could tell yeah. the the actress. I forget, I forget her character's name. Susan. His Susan. Girlfriend? Yeah, Susan was yeah. actually singing. Yeah, which is cool. And because well, yeah, yeah I didn't, sorry. Well, I was gonna say that like, uh, like during the 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 parts where Andrew Garfield was singing, uh, you could there were moments where like he would be out of tune yeah, a little bit. Yeah, Bohemia. That song or Boho Days? Yeah, and like you could tell that it was like an actual bo, bo, performance, bo, bo, bo. and it wasn't like uh, it wasn't like you know overproduced. Yeah, like there were times when he was he missed oh. and. My, my, one of my favorite parts of that, and I know I started jumping all over the place, but like of like raw singing was, um, I have to look at the no, song. No, don't name. mention this this scene yet. Okay, yeah, we're we'll talking about later. the empty stadium. Yeah, we'll get to that later. Yeah, don't oh mention that. Okay, yet. so let's. I say let's start kind of from the beginning and work our way through the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you know we open, and there's I like was, oh, before I went I went into this very negative really it was un like i was unable it to, was like, a late night too like, for you i was it was i started like midnight and, like, rachel, and I, the rachel and i are sitting there and i'm like she watch it with you i was like yeah she That's did good and i was like i was like oh, man, i hate musicals i was like yeah. being such a like bitch i was like yeah musicals like yeah and then and then i would just i shut up once I, it started because now as a film guy i and i'm referring to you like do you like or me whatever but like I really like the way they shot the intro, like the small camera aspect ratio, like the filter like the they used. Text. Yeah. yeah, but like you know, like how it's like not the whole screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like kind of flashback. And like this is the story of Jonathan Larson, whatever. Just except for the parts that he made up, whatever. Yeah, Su- it felt, Susan narrated. It felt necessary. It felt so be like, like homey and real in '90s. Yeah, like it was, it was great. Um, so you know, he says like this is the story of him, and he opens up and on a stage. I really like the way he starts it. Where it's like, you know, I'm 30 years old. Like it felt a lot like. Uh, did you ever watch Inside Bo Burnham's? Netflix no, special. But that's what I thought of. Felt a lot like when that. I was watching that. I thought of just little clips I've seen because it's like people are laughing. It's kind of like a comedy. It's yeah. interactive. You know, it's like people are like laugh when he says things. Thirty ninety, the first song. It reminded me a lot of Inside by Bo Burnham. Anyway, yeah. but um, that one was good. Thirty ninety was good. I, I like the, like the concept of it. It was a strong start. It, it, you know, it's just like 
like you're, you know so much i feel like our generation especially like yeah. you know what are we gen z we're d- yeah. we're very much to the point where like people there's a lot more people who are in touch with their emotions and thoughts and right anxiety about normal life but like you know he's singing some people screaming happy birthday i just want to go up and cry or whatever like yeah that's not represented enough in media of like people don't like their birthdays no like sometimes happy, like people saying you have like a birthday is a 20? negative thing yeah because yeah. he's turning 30 and you know his big thing is like Stephen Sondheim who I believe from what I saw from the movie I didn't look it up but he wrote West Side Story he did West Side Story yeah 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 Stephen Sondheim made that when he was like 27 25 or whatever yeah he mentions that and a lot of times yeah and he's turning 30 and he hasn't done anything he feels like he's a failure you know like 30 in 1990 yeah, exactly. I, don't, I just thought that was I thought that was a good song yeah that one that um, was that one was strong because uh, the content was good yeah, and it, it was it was upbeat to start off. Yet it was about like a depressing subject matter. I, yeah. I always like that juxtaposition, like yeah. when so, like like Van Halen's jump. It's about like suicide, but it's so upbeat. And like the just like the uh, a big point in all these movies besides Andrew Garfield's vocals, which I think are really good. Yeah, I, and that was the first thing that shocked me because I, I, I even asked Rachel. I was like, "Is Andrew Garfield Stop actually singing?" The clock, like really? Just I didn't know if he was like actually that. singing. He, he pretty sure he took voice lessons for this movie. Like he, yeah, learned he how to, was pretty good. Yeah. Um, but besides his voice, so I, the whole movie, the piano keyboard work is amazing. Yeah, my other question dun, dun, is that dun, him dun, actually dun, playing dun, piano? Dun, dun. I don't know. I, I didn't look at that. Because I don't think I ever saw a shot of his hands moving with his, his face. face in it. Might so they might have like, had a hand double. Which is okay. Yeah, it's, but, it's but, not but, a but I mean, deal. like the content, though, like the musical, the piano score was amazing in all the songs. Yeah, it was really good. One of the things about this movie that I thought was done phenomenally well was the insight into the creative process. Yes. Because a lot of movies where it's like about a, creative a creator, person. you don't get to see the like the struggles struggle. and the the complete like wall. It's been like two years he's trying to write this song. He like can't Stephen, write one song. Stephen Sondheim and told they, him they, the most important song musical, he has to write it, he just can't write it. They really harp on the fact that like he can't make this one song. And like it really gives you perspective of like how hard it is just to make one song. Yeah. Especially and, when you're writing for like Musical, a, like a like a or, like a choir of people, and you have to write out each part on staff and instruments, piano, yeah. guitar, drums, and yeah, it, musicals are like like twenty four songs or something. It's yeah. super long, Lots. two hour affair of music. And if and speaking of, and we'll just jump to this real quick because there's a little point we can make. Like, you know, you're talking about how long to two years to write this song. He spent five or eight. I don't remember. I think my name was eight. eight. Spent eight years writing this musical, Superbia, just for it to say can't wait to see what you do next you know yeah that was a that that was the that's like the climax of the movie basically yeah. when they decline him because like yeah. the first two acts of the film are leading up to that workshop the workshop yeah and when, when i was watching the movie i had to like do laundry during that movie so like every 30 like an hour oh, i was like getting walk up. away and stuff but i would, so i always was pretty conscious of the runtime but like the workshop happens like middle of the workshop there's still like 30 minutes left. i'm like what yeah, I thought so, that too. I was like, "Why is it?" I thought it would be I the workshop. Exp- and be I was over. expecting them. I was expecting him to get it. Yeah, because I, like I didn't know he, that he goes through the whole hero's journey before that. Like he yeah. has the like like the like uh, like emotional conversation with Susan, yeah. and like he he goes through the part when he has to like push aside everything else in his life to make it. And then you you you'd expect like, and what's conventional in Hollywood is like the hero goes through all these struggles, and then they get to the the moment and Big they check and they get it. Yeah. But what was interesting about this film is he just he doesn't get it. He just, and, he, it and it's not even like. It's not even they like they highlight it that much. Like it's literally that simple. Like Wait, she just calls him. She's like, "Want to oh, see what you do next? Look what you do next." Yeah. And the movie, and and that's just it. Yeah. And I think that was genius because it it's like it's something that Hollywood is afraid to show. I feel like yeah. Like Hollywood always and, has to have like yeah. The, and this is like this is a real story. This isn't like they're making up a narrative. Like yeah, we're gonna have a twist at the end. Like this is what actually happened to Jonathan Larson. Yeah, and you and I I wasn't. Expe- I mean, I guess if you know about his life, you expect yeah, it. But I didn't know yeah. anything because I didn't know about Superbia. I didn't know about Ren. I didn't know about anything. Yeah, I didn't know anything. Um. So yeah. 
back to somewhat of a plot recap. So we had, you know, 3090, get to his life. You know, he his uh so an interesting twist, we'll hit on this because it's kind of prevalent throughout the whole film from the beginning to the end, is that Michael and Jonathan are roommates, right? Right. Jonathan is an aspiring musical writer and uh Michael was an aspiring actor. Call him a mediocre mediocre actor. Yeah, but which you notice on like but, signs and stuff, you and know. He, and he gave up on his dream. Yes, yes, which is a big which is the dichotomy. It's like foils. Yes. You remember in English, like foils. Yes, foils. Yeah. yeah. Michael is definitely a foil to, to Jonathan because Jonathan is really living to the edge of his life. His overdue bills, living in a shitty apartment. And they, and they do barely a good job of money. showing you that. Yes. Like his apartment's dirty. He, and He's struggling to have a relationship. But Michael, who also had dreams to live there, has embraced that, you know, the sad and reality of life. What better to show that than yeah. advertising job? He works job. a five-figure job in advertising, which is probably miserable creatively, creatively to what he, who he is as a performer. But he knows he puts food on the table. He has lived in an east side apartment. You know the song... Yeah. Um, no more, which was a great number. Yeah, that that was actually one of the, my least favorite, but it wasn't bad. Yeah, I, I didn't, I can, I I didn't like it because it, it it felt closest to one of those like why is this in the movie? Yeah, songs. But, yeah, but and the I instrumental. I like the 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 scenery though, like the video of it and the dancing was good. Yeah, the choreography was good. Yeah. Um. Anyway, but yeah, so you have that dichotomy or not dichotomy, like the tension, the foils of like, do you give up on your dreams and work a job to secure your well-being finance and future or do you really push life to the edge and have some miserable shit happen that, to you for that's, creativity that's basically the theme of this film yeah, i feel like really that's big conflict. the heart of this film is yeah. that is that dichotomy because you know um and michael was a great character the guy oh, he did the guy who acted him was great yeah um you, you it felt authentic mm-hmm. like like Andrew Garfield's performances are always authentic. You know, like, and you bring that up because he had a lot of great scenes, and I've seen him mostly in the two Spider-Man movies, Hawks All Social Rage, Network. that scene. I haven't seen Social Network. I've seen the scene where he, like, yanks out that computer on yeah. Instagram. That's a great scene. That's the scene everyone knows. Yeah. yeah. That's but, a great scene. But my point being, as far as an- dissecting Andrew Garfield's acting, um, like, the scene in, when they're in the party at his house and they sing Boho Days, when it's like... right. There's like that finance shock. It's like, oh, I'm just here to do the drugs and alcohol. Oh, yeah. I he's did like, it for the pussy or yeah, whatever. Yeah, he's like, I'm in future of musical theater. Until like his face gets like cold. That's like, yeah, it's yeah. so good. That felt bad. Or when he's in the car with Michael and he's like, um, you know, it's like, you could write jingles or whatever. It's like, well, I'm actually going to, I'm going to get suburbia produced and then get paid for my music the real way or whatever. Yeah, he's, he's and he's arrogant. like almost crying. Like it's just yeah. really convincing facial expressions and performance. And and they weren't, they weren't range. afraid to show you know it that it reminded me a lot of Whiplash. Yes, where like Miles Teller's character is like the pursuit of his dream is unstoppable. Goes above all. Yeah, it felt a lot like that. Where like he's like he, he chooses that over his girlfriend, and like they they and this and Whiplash do a, both do a great job of showing that like harsh reality of like if you want it, that's all that you have. That's all you you have to focus on. Yeah, and and like, everything gets pushed to the side. Yeah, every single thing. Yeah. Um. So you have, you know, Michael's introduced, Susan introduced. They go to the diner. Right, the diner scenes were good. All the like, diner scenes were great. It reminded me of Subway when that guy, guy's like, so, what does he say? He's like, oh, no wonder you work a fast food job or whatever. Okay, yeah, let's, 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 while we're talking about the diner, because that's early in the film, let's go ahead and talk about Sunday, because I feel like it's pretty by okay. itself. So when I, another thing, reason why I was looking for you, looking in scenes in this movie that you would like, Sunday was, that whole scene, before the musical started to the end, is great because... You and I both work fast food service. Yeah, like, I understood it. The guy who was like came in with the C or whatever. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Th- that was just like it was, a, oh, it was so perfect. accurate. It's so. He's like, it's not accurate. a math problem. Oh my god. It's just and, like, like you know, in, in the film for the narrative, you know, Jonathan, his friends in the hospital, he's losing contact yeah, with Michael. And, he's like, and, oh, why am I still here? Like one of the cops in the Don't 
consider the Why fact you, they're adding on Sunday. Like they the, do this the at Subway too. Garrett oh, and I both worked yes. at Subway all throughout high school, and it's like you just if listen to me, anyone yeah. who's listening to this, right? Please, right? Freaking now, respect fast food workers. You, if you go into a fast food restaurant Sunday morning, and the and the workers give you no reason. To have an attitude with them, just don't, don't start. I it. don't care if you're having a bad day. Just put on a nice face Please. for that ten minute interaction. Paid, not enough to deal with your. It's just you don't meme. understand. I, I don't care what your job is. You're making seven figures. It's just your life for that little moment. Just give those workers just respect. a smile, yeah, and respect because they they you just don't. Okay. All day. So the, just the beginning of that scene is great. You have the guy who's talking to like his boss who's like, get these damn eggs out or whatever. Yeah. You have like someone that's threw up in the girl's bathroom. Or you, you the know, editing was good too. Really good. Or like the, he's like, can I get some vodka in this? We just got a new job. Woo. Yeah. Now, when, before we get to the song, the lyrics, which I think is really important, Rachel noticed this and I read this in the Instagram post and comment sections and all this stuff. So I don't know if you noticed, in that scene, almost everyone who's in that number are really famous musical people. Are you serious? Yes. So like, you know... The two girls who were just talking about, like, oh, I got a new job. If you remember, those are the two girls from Hamilton who were two of the, the Swiss sisters. I didn't remember. I didn't the, notice uh, that. The Skyler sisters, whatever the name are. I didn't notice that at all. So but that's cool. Yeah, those are all, like, the older lady who had a line. That's like just like a little cameo. Yeah, because it's, it's, like it's like a reference to how. Well, Lin-Manuel Miranda directed it. So yeah, he, he was in the, he he was in the, the kitchen. You saw him, yeah, right? Yeah, uh, he, I did see that. So, like, um, but what's cool, people commented, like, this would have been, like, Jonathan Larson's dream to get to perform with these legends of musical right, theater. Right. You know, because of course, you know, whatever. And we'll get to that. Anyway, so, excuse me. I'm looking at the lyrics here of Sunday, and they're great. So, in the blue, silver, chromium diner on the green, purple, yellow, red stools, sit the fools. You're okay. So, like, when he says, like, sit the fools, the fools. it's a great, like, vocal, sit the fools, you know, whatever. It's really good yeah. singing, but it's also just like, already sets a tone. I love. He's, you know, he says, who should eat at home? Instead, they pay on Sunday. And when he says, you should eat at home, the guy goes like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really comical. It's great. Um, and it's, you know, when he says, like, you should eat at home instead of they pay on Sunday. That's just such a strong food service worker line. Like, you really. Like, why are you here? You're, you're, why you're do you wait, need to be spending here? your Sunday to go pay for overpriced food. Right. And you're putting a drain on That's me. That's a very authentic line. Pay on Sunday for a cool orange juice or a bagel on the soft green cylindrical stools. Sit the fools. Drinking cinnamon coffee or decaffeinated tea, like, like what are you doing? Yeah, like you're drinking you, cinnamon coffee just, or decaffeinated tea. Like it's just the most random shit. You're you're spending yeah. your time and your money doing this. Sit here forever, from the fools who from the fools who would pay less at home, drinking coffee light and dark and cholesterols. Like yeah, and then he said, and bums, 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 and people people screaming for their toast in a small Soho cafe on an island in two rivers on an ordinary Sunday. So I think. A lot of the lyric side in the scene is very much t- geared towards understanding the plight of fast food workers. Yep. But then the actual music is really good too. I think the number is good. Like, vote, like, yeah. like musical wise. This is also good. one of the weaker ones to me, but I didn't hate yeah, it. Yeah, because it was kind of like fantastical, like yeah. special effects and stuff. But Or that shot of like the whole diner and like they're all <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. Um, but yeah, that one was cool. So then, you know, rewinding a little bit, they're at the party. There's the green, green dress. Green, green dress, that song, whatever. That was like the, I don't remember that one. That wasn't like a musical. That was just like a little rap song playing. Oh, with, oh, oh, okay. When, um, but you, okay, so another interesting plot point. So, you know, we talked a lot about how Jonathan and Michael are in this apartment in Midtown, mm-hmm. which is, I looked a lot of this up. Soho, you know what Soho was before you watched this? No, I did not. It's like a, I looked this up. It's like a suburb in New York um, near Midtown where like the creatives live, like actors, okay. singers, dancers. It's a very like, you know how there's like Chinatown, like, like very right. central. Like, what, so, what do they call those again? There's a term for it that we learned in not history ghettos. class. 
It's no, no, it's no. Like, it's Burroughs like a, or something. Like a, it's like a like an ethnically dedicated Ethnic enclave or something. Enclave, yeah, yeah, enclave. And so this is Soho, which is like where all the creatives live. Singers, dancers, producers, writers, yeah. all that stuff. So he lives in Soho. Not that that's what that is, yeah. but it just made me think of that. Yeah, no, yeah, I get that. That's that's a pretty good term. But so he lives in Soho, but his girlfriend, who is an accomplished dancer, um, right. tries to get this job at a studio or like an instructor. He's basically an instructor, and that's in. Um, she has to move far away. I forgot what the name of the place it was. I don't remember. Like basically like suburbs or like farther away, and she wants to move there because this is a really good job for her. She can still be creative. She'll get paid good money be able and to live in a nice place she wants him to go and but that's like it's like 30 minutes from midtown so the issue it's another great conflict besides the michael more like feels like back yeah it's this it's is great it's great is because like, they don't make his girlfriend oh well, i'm mean, assuming this is what it was like in real life but yeah they didn't make his girlfriend character like just like the girlfriend yeah like she also has well, creative, creative aspirations like there could have been a whole movie about her yeah because they, they and, like, both she, are equally she's equal inspiring. to him and yeah, that's, but, but that's he doesn't con- see that's that. conflicting for him because to him he's the most important person. Yeah, it's almost like intimidating. To yeah, him. and so because you so you have the conflict of his workshop is on Friday and he really wants his workshop to go well so he can get produced and he'll get money for the past eight years of his work, but she needs to know if she's going to accept the job to move out from Midtown by Wednesday. Which to him is just not a priority. Like right. everyone has had that moment in their life where like there's there's this big thing in their sights, but then there's just all these other things that need to happen, but you just you just want to ignore Push them. Push it away. Can we talk tonight? Ignore, can we ignore. talk tomorrow? Yeah, talk another exactly. Day. Yeah, which I, it's just, it's done so well. The scene where they're, they're, it's like a Monday or a Tuesday, they're practicing for the workshop. Yeah. And she comes and to she visit come, him. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I really can take a break. He's like, oh, one thing. And then she's like gone. Well, and another detail I noticed with that scene that was really great is like, once she's gone, he he doesn't care. He's just as happy as he's he ever back was. Work. Because like it just shows to show how much how little he cares. Very similar to the whiplash when he broke up with his girlfriend. And he's like happy, and he's yeah. and it zooms in on that close up, and he's smiling because he knows yeah. he can get back to his work. Yeah, it's or like the scene, the emotional. Should we go ahead and talk about this or wait? We can wait a little bit. The argument, like, and like yeah, and, she, and she's like, "Oh, you're just gonna make this into a song." And that's like that's totally what he's doing. Like yeah. he shows him like okay. tapping we can, on her shoulder. We can talk about that scene. So that was one of the best scenes. That, yeah, that is acting incredible. That's regarded probably as like the, that is from what I seen on Instagram one of the most popular scenes. This movie, the song therapy, and the scene. So what's great because right, it's intercut. Yeah, it's it's what's what's great about that is that I wrote this. I took a little bit of notes, not a lot during the movie, but a little because I was mostly watching. But so let's talk about the fight scene first, not the song. So okay, the fight scene was realistic. It's very authentic. It was, it was emotional, but it's it was not it like actually cheesy. Go. But the things they were saying is real. It's how that would actually go down. Yeah. He's like, you know, I do care about you, but like, I, I'm your thousand miles away. Actually, I'm right here. Or like, you know, like I, like, I have this I've, workshop coming I've out. admittedly said that in arguments with significant yeah. others. Like, yeah. like, you feel so far away. I'm like, no, I'm right here. It's yeah. just like, it's like when you're in a heated debate like that, you, you just say rational honest, thinking yeah. is it's it, hard it's to there, come by. but it's it's it, it gets prioritized by emotion. Yeah. So it's just, it's really great fighting. She's saying great things like, you're still going to be broke. You're still living this. What happens if it doesn't get produced or whatever? And that you know? hurts him. Yeah. And, that, and it just goes to show she, she's not thinking about how what she's saying could hurt him. He's not yeah. thinking about how what he's saying could hurt her. They're just and that, they're that's just shooting. how yeah. arguments go. Yeah. It's just the actual acting and the words they say to each other is was, great. And that that's Lin-Manuel Miranda's strengths as yeah. a director. Yes. I'll this is the first movie he directed. This is his first director, directorial yeah. debut. Yes. And and those are his strengths. I it felt very real. He knows how real things in life happen. Yes. And he's not playing it up and mm-hmm. all this. Which, even though we're in a very theatrical, grandiose movie, the the relationships feel it's really grounded. grounded. Yes. 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 That was phenomenal. He there are some weaknesses that we'll I, I'll that. point out, but from, um, that's that's a good strength that he yes. has. Uh, back to the scene. Now let's talk about the song. So, I believe it starts starts with the argument. So what's cool about this is that 
you know, obviously, like, the song on iTunes is just a normal song. It's not all these cuts, you know? But, so, you have back on the stage show of Tick, Tick, Boom, he's singing this song. And you can tell when he's doing it, it's he's, like, smiling His and laughing. His facial expressions are so over-exaggerated. Yeah. And it's, like... Because, you know, because he's writing the song, you know, six months later, the same year, 1990. But, like, looking back on these things. But he's, like, it's so, like, comical almost. Like, yeah. Just, like, the honky-tonk, like... And like it's like and it's and being intercut with this like serious so argument. It's just so good. So uh, the first verse or his Jonathan Larson Andrew Garfield's part is I feel bad that you feel bad about me feeling bad about you feeling bad about what I said about what you said about me not be able to share a feeling. Which is obviously like you know they're trying to emphasize the confusing aspect it, it's, of it's great because in a way or it's gram- it's very like, tongue in cheek. Yeah, it's true what he's saying that he feels bad if you if you take a second yeah. look at it it's true, but also it's really musically favorable articulate you know i feel bad that you feel it feels bad very like child song like children's song yeah so it fits the song and then about me not be able to share a feeling that's just like true he's yeah because he's such he's a creative going through his thing he just can't share his feelings and he also just doesn't know how to express it to her yeah like how important it is so to in him. the in the in the movie tick tick boom we saw sings that first part where i just stopped right feeling cut back to the argument time yeah where then this, susan this talks. scene was done very well and so, credits to the editor yeah so Susan talks, and then it cuts back to Vanessa singing, if I thought that what you thought was that I hadn't thought about sharing my thoughts, then my reaction to your reaction would have been more revealing. Yeah. Another confusing... But punk, but like, but like strong statement. Authentic line, yeah. So that happens. Still kind of slower tempo. Cuts back to more arguing. A great thing said. Then it cuts back. It starts picking up. Every time they do one of these lines, more instruments yeah, add in, and the tempo goes yeah. up. So then Jonathan Morrison cuts in. I was afraid that you'd be afraid if I told you that I was afraid of intimacy, which is like, it's true. He's it's like, a very profound statement yes. wrapped in a children's blanket. Like, like very like, playful yeah, song. Yeah. And, and, you know, in a way, I didn't thought about that until we're just talking. When he's like really big, smiling, like tongue out. Yes, like, they're making it like almost like a... But it's because it's such a serious topic yeah. conveyed in a tongue-in-cheek kind of way. Yeah, that just Cause, juxtaposition. So not, not only he says not shared of scaring his feelings, is a hard, troubled time sharing his feelings as a creative, but he's also afraid of intimacy. He's afraid of... I'm going to move in with this close. woman. I might marry her. I might, you but know, I, I my dreams to... could die. Like, yeah, exactly. So, which is such a sh- real statement. People being afraid of intimacy going to that yeah. next level yeah. when you're in a relationship for so long. Um, and then he continues on as it's picking up. And as the tempo increases in the song, the argument also gets more intense. Yeah, yeah. Really well. So Perfect says, parallel editing. If you don't have a problem with my problem, maybe the problem is simply codependency. Like, if, you don't, if you're not a problem with, you know, codependency is an issue. Uh, more arguing now this part of the song is cool because before it was just they're taking turns now it's when they both come in it felt it felt very big like very overwhelming yes. like this part of the song is about halfway through now they're taking turns each line so it's uh yes i know that now you know that i didn't know that you didn't know they're each person that when i said no i meant yes i know and that now i knew that you knew that i knew you adored me and that's when he says like in the argument where she's like all I wanted you to say was that you didn't want me to go. He's like, yeah, yeah, I don't want you to go. She did. She just didn't know that. Like you've never said it, which yeah. is, is fair because he never really expressed. She, his she love. knew that's what he wanted. He it, wouldn't say it. Did you notice? Was, I noticed a lot my second time viewing because I I didn't know this number is obviously after I'm referring to boho days. Right. This is the life. He says a child, a kid, a wife, whatever. Yeah. And she, you notice Susan's reaction to that. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed that at all when you first saw it. But, I remember um, that scene now, but I didn't really think about it that much. But this definitely comes in later because, like, he's saying, "I thought I would have a child, a wife by now." Yeah, yeah. And she's like, "Well, why don't you? Like, why don't you want to marry yeah. me? Like, you never so, said like, anything to, to me." Her, it's like, "Well, you could. Like, I'm like, that's what I'm I right want here. with you." Yeah, but he's just like, he's trouble sharing his feelings. Yeah. Um. 
more, you know, more lyrics. Um, if, you, if I mean what I meant when I said when I said rings bored me, similar kind of thing to that. So then the argument really crescendos. I like what they do because it's different than like the iTunes song where it's like they'll sing a line and you hear like the doomed, like the little, little quiet yeah. instrumental in the background. So the song's still going, but it's not like going. You know what I mean? Like yeah, not I, I know what you're saying. So they still get all the words out. Yeah, so yeah. So I think by the time the argument's happening, the point you brought up, when they both come in, that's like a really good scene. Like the Instagram account posted that. I, that's the scene yeah, I see a lot. the drums pick I feel up. bad that I feel... Cause she, yeah. So it starts with he's singing, he's singing staccato fast notes. She's singing the long notes. It feels very... It felt very... Um, uh, what am I trying to say here? It felt, it felt very like grandiose, theatrical. Yes. Yeah, that was very big. Th- like big, like impressive singing yeah. vocal performance and then it goes the next time he's singing the long notes and his his performance in this is good like the it's very yeah, he, high pitch but he like really delivered the singing well it yeah. came across great so, so then that that's the climax of the argument and the song after that happens and they kind of make up um now that's out in the open you know after he yeah, said what he wanted yeah, yeah. to say um um yeah, and so like he cause like now I got off my chest. Um so that's when they make up, they're hugging. He's like, Oh yeah, you know what I'm sorry. They they basically make up. Like you think the argument's done. And while yeah, they're, they're hugging two rational people, they Jonathan starts tapping like fingering right. piano and notes that, on her that's back. That's when it's like really apparent and how that little sets her off. Which it should have. I mean, because yeah. that's like she picked up on the fact that like, oh, he really doesn't give a shit about me. Because he's always thinking about is that how can I make this into a song? Which he did in a way. This yeah. is a song and, he made. And that's and that's like that just shows you how much his work's consumed him. And mm. she 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 sees it and she gets pissed about it and leaves. And rightfully so. And he, he makes a like a like bad attempt to be like, wait, but even he knows that like yeah. what what am I doing? Like she's not. Mm-hmm. And that's really the last we see of her in the film. Like besides that's the last like important scene. The musical number, which she's not really there. Yeah. It's just him imagining her. Which normally in a film, like you have the moment where like they make up, they, they make up, and they're like, "Oh, you're back," and that just never happens. Even in this the movie. end of the, even towards the end of the movie, when he, she gives him like the the musical notebook. Yeah, they don't really make up. No, because she's then with in, another guy. Because then tick tick boom, at the end in the movie, the end of it when Judy Sancho, she still has a reserved seat for. Her. She's not there. Yeah, you she, know? she she's with a new guy, which is really very real. Yeah, like it's not like they're gonna like have another shot with each other, and and that's that's just. It's now it's four a.m. We have therapy tomorrow. It's too late to screw. So let's just get some rest. Yeah, that's a good way to end that song. Um, yeah, so I think overall that's probably one of the strongest scenes in the movie, musically and creativity. Creatively. Yeah, that was the standout number for me. Back to our earlier point, I want to touch on. So we kind of talked about, you know, there's a scene where he gets the Michael gets the apartment and. Um, we already we talked about the, a little bit of the Michael conflict. Talked definitely about most all of the Susan conflict. Yeah, Another yeah. thing I want to bring up is that and it was very apparent and a lot of things probably pretty obvious. They, they really try to get you to notice it. The do HIV you, subplot. Yes, HIV subplot. Yeah. So do you what was his friend's name? Do you remember like Tyler? I was just about to ask that the one that gets in, goes to the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. He, his character wasn't that significant to the film. Mm-hmm. He was basically just there to show you like this is a threat. because yeah. it starts off. You know, the first they say like, "How's your T cell count?" They don't even say HIV. They say, "Yeah, oh, you're looking good." The little hint there. And then when he's watching the news, he says, "You know, if uh, if needle drug users and homosexual men to stop their activity, then we would have no more HIV cases." Yeah, which is just, just such, such an ignorant, a, a naive statement. thing to say. It very yeah. obviously pushed. But I think that's probably it. Looks pretty real recording. I feel like that was real. Maybe. Yeah, it's, I don't. I don't. I wouldn't disbelieve doubt. Disbelieve it. Yeah, that was a politician during the time. Because this is kind of like. You I know, mean, we're in the '90s are like a time whenever you know, yeah, people are much more close-minded than now. Because um, I feel like wasn't it like in Forrest Gump, which took place in like '60s? I kind of mentioned HIV a little bit, right? Like his girlfriend had something. I don't remember. Right? Forrest Gump's a hazy movie for yeah. me. Yeah, 
but I feel like there was some mention because I was like sixties peace and love. That's yeah. when like HIV kind of started. But even still, thirty years later in the nineties, it's still an issue because we, we don't really have good treatment for it. If you get it, you're literally just going to die. Right. Like he said he right. he's, he went to. They all... basically treat it as like the black death. Yeah. Like like it's like he's, he's like like even when Michael gets it. Yeah. He's like oh, he's we'll like to that. I'll don't be the worry. lucky one. Maybe live another year. Yeah. But um, when his friend at the diner gets it, I don't remember his name, but like, and. When they, they cut back to the stage, he says, I had three friends die. The oldest one was 27. That's just right. like... That's very so powerful. Po- yeah, it just really like hit me that like you have to live in a world like where your friends so are used dying. to it. He's literally used to it. Yeah, I, this, this will be my fourth funeral if I have to go to it. Yep. Which is just like, it just hurts. And so it makes it worse, you know, so now you have the subplot of HIV, which is like shown in posters and... Yeah, I was going to mention that newspaper article. Yeah, news articles, posters, um, like when he goes visit michael and stuff or it, talks with it, michael it was it was handled very well yes. it wasn't over glamorized it was it was exactly it was what it real, was that people are dying yeah and, and there's nothing you can do about it no way to stop and it. so when your friend you know in the hospital but um so he has this you have the subplot of his music you have the main plot of his musical right the subplots of hiv susan and michael mm-hmm. and that and that all kind of ties into sunday you know right when he has all these different things that's kind of what we touched on earlier but that those are the three of the main subplots so you oh, know did you make notes a little bit, yeah. That's cute. Um, I said, like, I like the intro. I like how we had a Macintosh computer. That oh, was like cool. the box computer? Yeah, like the original yeah, yeah. Mac computer. That was really cool. Yeah, even um, though it wasn't really a period piece, but, like, they did the, the, the setting well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you're going along with the plot. Um, eventually, you know, they have arguments. before, All before his workshop... He kind of pushes away all of his people. Susan gets pushed away. Everybody. He doesn't Michael even make his away. friend's funeral. He did, no. couldn't make it because he was working. Right? Am well, I right? His friend didn't die. No, the one that was in the hospital. He, he, could, no, he, he was good. Oh, he, but he couldn't go see him that time. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking yeah. about. He didn't die, though. He was, he was at that movie. At least movie. they didn't show him dying. Yeah, maybe he died after the movie. But um, so he's, all these things are happening. You know, a, a good plot is that when he starts with dress rehearsals for his musical on Monday is that he can't afford musicians. Because he, he wrote this piece as a, you know, all the singers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a drummer, a synth player, like a guitar, I think, and a drummer. Right. And all the guy said was that, well, I can get you a musician. He's like, okay, then why, why do we do the songs? Why do we get him out in 30 yeah. minutes? That was a good scene when he's in the diner. And he asked him, like. Because that guy's, like, basically, like, like he, he doesn't he doesn't want to stop his dreams. Mm-hmm. because He's just like, we can't afford this. Yeah. And he's like, you're going to figure it out. And then when, he goes to the focus group to make the money. Yeah. When they're at the diner, he's talking with, like, not his agent, but, like, the middleman kind of guy. Yeah. He's like, do you write the song yet? And it's like, no, it's been two years. And I have the flashback of when he was at that, the workshop, like the focus, not focus group, like the workshop club, like where yeah. Steven Sondheim was there. Yeah, yeah. That was a good scene. That was a great scene. Yeah, Sondheim was kind of like that, like, It was so like funny because the one guy was like, guy. oh, you know, all these songs suck. And someone's like, well, I actually really liked it. Like, and he's that's like, exactly that's what, what I, I was saying in a we're different just, way. We're saying the same thing yeah. in different ways. That, that was kind of, that was comical. That was funny. Yeah. But so you have that scene kind of built up to that, how his agent's ignoring him. He has to build a song. So yeah, he says, like, hey, it's a hundred dollars for a musician. And he makes a good point. You're a half a million dollar company. You can't pay for musicians. It's just cause like, it's so hard for him to make it in this industry. Yeah, Even though he's insanely talented him. and creative, literally just that you, you have to come up with a hundred bucks per musician yourself. And I'm sure it was, the, I'm sure it was that way for Lin-Manuel Miranda too. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure him making this movie, he related to it. Yeah. Cause you know, his big, his big break was Hamilton. Yeah. But I'm sure that was a, that was a hell of a lot of work to make. Yeah. And now you're making a feature film, you know, directing a feature film. Yeah, with a date, with a, with a date, with like a status as a mm-hmm. acclaimed musical theater guy. Now yeah, you're this has a film. to be good. You're a adapting thing. a really famous musical person, right. their musical. That's right. got to be hard to do. And but he did it extremely well. Yes. 
of course. Andrew Garfield, great choice. Yes, really, I think he really deserved that actor nomination. Just like acting and singing and really convincing he this part. He might get it. I he hope might he, get it. I hope so. I, I would want him to get it. Does he have an Oscar? He's been nominated before for Best Social Actor. Social Network, he had, an, he had a nom, right? Oh, maybe. He, he's been nominated for one actor before. I don't know what movie it was. Maybe Social Network? Maybe Hacksaw. I feel like it was Hacksaw. Hacksaw was great. But I don't think he won it. Yeah, I don't think he's won anything. But um, I hope he wins. But yeah. And so like how he has all those books they show in the beginning. He just has to sell those for 50 yep. bucks. And, and he's like, and you're going to sell for five times the price. And it's like $50 is all I can do. Like, yeah. Everything's against him. But not in a corny way, like in a realistic way. A lot of movies, I feel like, make the main character's hero's journey really difficult for unnecessary reasons. But that's pretty realistic. Everything he had to go through. Yeah. I mean, it, it all felt very realistic. Like, yeah. And then like, we'll, we'll get to the climax now, which is like, we touched on it, but like the, the moment when he has the, the workshop, workshop and it's like, he's, he's not, I didn't know that he wasn't in it. Like for the long, for the whole movie up in this point, I was like, Oh, he's writing and he'll also be a performer. No, he's writing it for other people, which makes yeah. it like scarier. Cause so he, he just has audience. to sit there. So, Eventually, he and, has, and, he's, and he asked Vanessa Hutchinson's character, like, "Can you sight read?" That that gave me like, because yeah. as a, as someone who's like, I mean, we've both had to like sight read stuff. It's like mm-hmm. that's not easy. No, and, like the day of the workshop, and he gives it to yeah. her. A little bit of background to that scene before we get into that climax was that like the build up to that song. So he just had an argument with Susan. He gets away. He sits down. He's finally having creativity to write the song. Power bell goes out. His power goes out. That scene, that, I forgot about that. That's great. He's that like, phone call is so. He's trying like, to keep it together, real. and he's like, he's "It's a, just so real." His power comes off. He calls the guy. It's like, "What the hell? Why didn't you call me?" What you saw earlier, Michael's like, "Hey, you need to pay that bill," you know. Yeah. And he had the overdue status, which was good film editing. Right. But like, it's such a realistic phone call. He's like getting really mad. It's like, don't raise your voice to me. Instead of like getting more mad, he's like, "You know what? You're right. I need to be calm." He's like, "Okay, I'm a credit card right here. I can pay you." Well, the billing's office quote closed. Billing office closed. You yeah. know how many times? You, you've probably dealt with this as much Leasing as I have. Leasing office is closed. That happened to me the other day. Really? Yeah. But like, as far as just like shitty customer service, like when I've had packages that hadn't delivered, yeah, you I've had to sit on an hour that. phone call for with like customer service numbers, people who can't help. And like, it's not your fault. It's not their fault. It's just like the way things are is just set up poorly. Yeah. So he has no power 12 hours before his musical. So, you know, he can't use his keyboard, can't use his computer. Goes to swim. Swimming yeah. scene's great. Song's there were, good. There were two sh- two shots in this movie from a cinematography, because I'm a big cin- yeah, cinematography yeah. guy. There were two two shots that stood out to me. Overall, this film, I thought the cinematography was kind of weak. This okay. was one of my weaknesses I was going to mention for okay. Lin-Manuel Miranda, which isn't, I mean, he's he's not like a camera guy. Like, he's not, yeah. he's never been like the so, director. But there were two standout shots. One was the uh, top-down angle shot of him in the pool with the music notes on the, mm-hmm. um, that was cool. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That shot was beautiful. The other one we'll get to later is when after he finds out about Michael's diagnosis mm-hmm. and he's running through the field and the birds. Yeah. That was a really gorgeous shot. Mm-hmm. But overall, like the, uh, I mean, not that it really took away from the movie, but it was pretty I don't just know, much I like, like camera the, cam- on the camera action. work was, was very like in the background. Yeah. Like, I feel like there could have been some, more, the foregr- the background, some, some yeah. more artistic choices with the mm-hmm. camera. Like, cause they definitely had their focus on other things. Yeah. 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 Anyway, but this is a good point. The swimming scene. He, it's interesting that number he sings, he almost like cheats on Susan. Right. He sees that girl, looks very similar to Susan. He's, yep. he's thinking about a million things. That he's was swimming. A good scene. And then eventually he just stops. Almost looks like he's drowning. He just well, and, stops. And he like looks in the, the magazine a few times yeah. with like the, yeah, the, the, the bikini models. The, yeah, and the stuff. nude magazine or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then he's swimming. He stops. All this stress, all this relationship issues, all these thoughts, stops, floats in the water, thinks of his song. Yep. Which is pretty, it's a pretty cool That's way to have creativity. That's how it can You're happen. That's how it can a very intense situation in your life and all of a sudden I thought of it now for two years he tried but yeah. you never know when it's going to happen you know? exactly and so he rushes home writes a song now we're back to the climax scene so 
He gets the worst there. Time he gets there. He, he doesn't know what time yeah, it starts. That's, that's great. They hear the ticking. The, he freaks out. He's like, "Why is no one here? Why is no one here?" It's like not even nine yet. It doesn't start till ten. Yeah, I'm Which glad is they so added that. So realistic. It's just a little you've, detail. You've woken up and you think it's later than it is and yeah. stuff. Um, and he's like, "Thank God." He, I'm sure they like, because that's when he gives her the music. So I guess yeah. she had like an hour to prepare, but that's not enough time. No way for a number like that. Where and she just nails it. Yeah. Yeah, so the workshop starts happening. It starts out okay. You know, no one's really acting too crazy like, about it. While he's giving the presentation, Sondheim walks in. Yeah, that's that's great. And that's he, like yeah, that's kind of like a whiplash thing with like Fletcher. Fletcher or walks in. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so then the, the music happening, going fine. Then it gets to her big number, which is a I think it's a pretty good song. Yeah, I liked it. I wasn't too invested in the musical, but it's it's like objectively good. But I was like, yeah, this is a good song. Yeah, I didn't I didn't care too much for it, but yeah. it was cool. But you can t- the audience definitely did. Everyone went crazy yeah, yeah. about it. The rest of it goes good. Then what's, what I really like what they did, and I don't and know if it's intentional or not, is that they show the musical not really ending. They don't show the aftermath immediately after, like people shaking no. his hand. He's just he's in an apartment and he's waiting for a phone call because you know he yeah. had to do that whole number and then get up, back up, get and up, be like thanks for listening. Yeah, and, and then he just went home and then he probably would have to wait two hours for a phone call. You know how stressful that has to and be. And she calls him and then you're and 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 she gives and at first she's like it was great, you honey. Getting calls all day and you're and as a as a viewer of the film you're like oh yes, so yes. He, so he got he's, it I got it and, and then and she drops the line and it was like enthusiastic happy way and they can't wait to see what you do next and like that just like and just to him and he's just oh. like he's just like Andrew Garfield delivered that delivered that facial expression so well Perfectly. like he's like what do you mean what next? did you just say like, what about superbia oh you know I always said it's about spaceships and aliens like that's not what it's about because she's just so ignorant she not, doesn't get it she's like kind of like she, a well, bad to him, character to, him, to her he's just an, he's just another client yeah but, so but, like but she, she has a real moment where she puts it off speakerphones like hey listen kid you know you're great yeah, yeah, yeah. you're talented but this is how the you business start works the next one. you start the next one and the next one and the next one until it gets stuck and that's just like he went through eight, eight years of hell freaking years and he's and, and then you know he's like you can't do another five years eight years of writing something it just took so much so yep. um i want to mention one scene and then we'll get us to the important part okay one real quick scene i want to do because it kind of pays it it was like the focus group scene what do you think about that i thought that scene was great i thought it was at really first, good at first they make you think like he's going to be this like jokester clown and like screw like, it up yeah but then he like starts giving him great advice it, it's it, it's a great scene in multiple ways because like it's very comedic like the actor yeah, yeah. who the uh, actor who plays one of the, the guy in that group besides him oh, yeah. I think he's a comedian yeah. or he's like a comedy actor he was just clueless he was really he was really like, funny but it's so representative like sunset <laughs> it's so representative of like stereotypes of like yeah. you know, the business woman who's like overly cheery you have stupid folks your people just and like, like, like he's like two hours of this and that was that was yeah. kind of that was the first movie you know that was the first point I noticed in that movie where in the flashback scenes there was an aside it wasn't the stage Jonathan oh, talking to you oh really because he's sitting there in the stage folks group he leans back and he's like two hours of this it's not the one on the stage saying that it's like him so, so it's, that's like a yeah. film aspect it's not really that like was cool reality but then you know they're saying all these things and then he starts playing along because he's just naturally a creative person he's like looking over a sunset the heartbeat of and america they so and they're just like freaking about, out it's, like look at the brain on yeah, you because he's just like making decent statements probably better than the average person he's for like, sure i could do, i could get used to this yeah or... i could get used to this you know i could i could, I could make this money I, I, could, I could give away like getting paid for the, my creative thoughts why not then it, it hits a great delivery by the by the businesswoman, like, well, you know, you have hair loss and you could get like a uh, toxic shock syndrome and all that stuff. It's like, he is going to take advantage of, of his creative and nice, happy thoughts to trick people to buy products that hurt them. Yeah. And that just goes against everything morally he's about. And so then he, it's, cause then it's like he, the soulless corporate America they try to represent. You yeah. Know? And so then he, he, uh, derails the whole yeah, thing. I forgot what he said. 
What was the product? Substitute. Substitute. Yeah. What's offensive about that? Chub like. Well, because what was the product for again? It was like a oil-free like fat cooking substitute or something. Yeah. So it was just. I guess it was just like stupid name. Yeah. But then you know he talks to Michael and they have the little fight scene like why would you say that and then he storms off and that scene he tries to tell him because well, he talks about like time well, left and you have to think about it like Michael knows that he's, he's known for days like he's he's gonna be dead he knew before but, the workshop but and he Andrew's didn't tell sitting him. here tearing into him mm-hmm. and, and then and it's for a moment that's when they're the walking film down makes, Main Street for, the, for a moment the film makes Jonathan the bad guy yeah he's Cause a dick he, yeah because he's like because Michael's like it it really puts it into perspective because Michael's like you know I I was like you and like. And, and this is, this like is the my life. Scene or this the, is my living, and you're the affecting business scene. the sidewalk fight. Yeah, sidewalk fight. Yeah, yeah. It's like I put my neck out for you. I did this for you. This mm-hmm. is my ass that's on the line, and mm-hmm. you know you're screwing me up. You know I respect your dream and everything, but this is my life, and you're messing with me. Yeah. And for a moment, you're like, oh shit, you know, like. And then Jonathan, Jonathan or Michael has a great line of like, "Well, you're not saving the rainforest either, or whatever." It's like that's what we will need more right. art. You know, yeah. it's like, that doesn't even work. That was yeah. a dag. That was a stab at him. They start like, stabbing they're each both other, being rude to each other. Yeah, and then they break away. At that point, what I noticed definitely the second time is that time was mentioned a little bit during that argument. Because mm-hmm. during that argument, which is before the reveal, Michael knows he has AIDS. He's kind of trying to tell him. But, yeah, he hints but he, at but, it. But Jonathan's too angry about something that he just doesn't get to tell him. He didn't pick up on it. Which he tells him later, you try to tell him. Now, let's let's get into a very meaty part, which was like the this hardest the hitting stadium? part was the reveal to the stadium. Let's start with the reveal in the business yeah. office first. So when I was watching this, he's like, you know, I, I, you know, I don't have time left. I'm already 30. I can't do another five years. And like when he oh, is says, this when he goes into his office, yeah, he's yeah. on the phone call. Like when he says he has H, he's HIV, and maybe he gets a year. That like I'm gonna be honest, that, that point all the way to see him, I cried. I did not cry. I was by myself, but like, I think in a if dark I, room. I think if I was in a place in my life where that had affected me or someone near to me, I think it would have hit me harder. But just, but just since the, I'm in a privileged point of like I've never yeah. had to deal with that, I did not cry. Just to the point of like, to me, it's like I as well have luckily not have to dealt with something like that. But it's just like. I'm pretty open to the fact that that's a possibility. Like, like I just, I just put myself in my shoes. Like, what if my best friend just told me his year left to live? Yeah. Like he grew up with him. All the memories were great. It's just like, and, they, and they, the flashback, I usually so hate flashback montages like that. Really it was well. done well. And cause like you believe their friendship, like they're yeah, like, they hug, they kiss each other yeah, in like gay, a platonic way. They're, they're really close together. You know, you believe it. Yeah. Cause of their performances. So the office scene's really great. It tells them it's like, I love after they get out, you know, Michael's on the phone. He's almost crying a little bit, which was done really well. Yeah, it was so real. Because he has because to cut that, back to it. That's how it would happen in real life. Like mo- some movies, when like somebody delivers like, delivers like a shattering line, like like the world stops. Like that's not how it would happen. He had like, to answer he, that phone he got call. a phone call, and, and then so he's, he's like, "You like, have to get out." He's all like, nah, 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 nah. but like he's and he's then, and, talking, and then but he's a little bit of crying. Jonathan's still in there, like full of tears. But the he's elevator like, scene's great, and he's still on the freaking phone. Like that's yeah. just how life is. You have to move on. And yeah. he, he even he knows he has a year left to live. He still goes into work. Yeah. Like, you just have to. The elevator scene was really good, just for a couple seconds, when he was, like, in the elevator, one smiling happened. He's got, like, the worst news. Everyone around him's like, oh, yeah, just not busy day. Oh, hi, how you doing? All this stuff. Yeah. So you transition to a little bit of the, a little bit of the monologue on the stage to the singing, and, like, Then he's in the why? park at night. Or what word does he say? He says, like, um, why? Or I think it's just called. Why go or is this on? real life? Is this, oh, is this real, real life? life? That was very cheesy. I didn't like that. I didn't yeah. like the, the, the shot where it's, like, Michael yeah. in the center of this, the yeah. camera, and he like that was cheesy. That yeah. took me out of it a little bit. Okay, yeah. How do you fair. feel about that? No, that was fair. I think it's fine. But like besides that, excluding that, the next like twenty minutes are amazing. Yeah, just like Andrew Garfield's running, Oscar moment. Elevi- yeah, getting out of the elevator, just like running. And I just, like he's on a stage. So I just wanted to run. I just wanted to escape from it. And it's I, I believe him. He just ran. It reminds me of like in um, 
the movie I really liked that we watched at your house with the where the wild things are. Yeah, like we just ran away because like yeah. he's so much. Pe- he's just he needs needs to go. Oh, he runs until he the night time. His mom. Yeah, yeah. It's just so like believable that like you just need to get out of there. And that's when the bird shot happened. Yeah, that was really, he runs under the tunnel, all this stuff, and this like because not only did he just not get Superbia published, now his now best his friend, friend is going, is to, going die. to die. And Inevitably. so it's just like such a hard hitter. And then he gets to the stadium. There's no one in it. Yeah. How how poetic is that? After his yeah. after his uh, musical, no one gave a fuck about. And then now he's in this stadium with empty seats. Yeah. I noticed that while I was watching. I was like, that's metaphorical. Yeah. And he's and then there's a grand piano there. That number. So the number. The song's called Why. That, that one was good. That, that's when it started hitting me like the tears. It's just it's so good because it's so his, his genuine. His singing was extremely raw. They did yeah. not auto tune in. No. They did not do Cause, anything. Because the line that always gets me the second time I watched it when he was laughing, like he, he says, um, "I pulled up." He was out of tune. Like I noticed a lot yeah. of moments where he like veered out of tune. It says, um, "When I was 16, Michael and I. I like the way it's structured too. Every age." When I was blank, yeah, Michael yeah. and I. It's almost like that uh, really crappy song. It's like, once I was seven. Yeah, but it's, like, it's the same but structure, but it works. Yeah. So when I was 16, Michael and I got parts in Westside at White Plains High. Three o'clock, went to rehearse in the gym. Mike played Doc, who did not sing fine with him. When he says that, he laughs like yeah. so well. It's just so real. It's just not auditory. He's it like, didn't feel like Mike played Doc, who did not sing fine with him. Like it felt, He's crying it, and The reason laughing. I think it worked is because it felt like someone who wasn't doing this for anyone but himself yeah like he, he's singing this song but only crying he and laughing while he's doing it yeah and this this whole song's great um starts with when he was nine at the y uh mike couldn't sing but i said no one cares it's just it's yeah. such a genuine friendship it's like i don't care if you can't sing we're doing it we're having fun you know like yeah he doesn't care um what's cool too the structure of this song is very structured of course from Lake, but like starts with the age and he said and then he says we sing Yellow bird. And like, I don't know what song. You know that song that was like a Beatles song or something? It's a Beatles song. But every time he says, we sang. I think. I don't it kind of transitions into that song. Yeah, a little bit. Because it's, it's a different pitch, key, like tempo. Like it's very much like. Because uh-huh. when he does the West Side Story one, like got to have rockets in your pocket. The Jets. You know, that, uh-huh. that kind of thing. So I'm very well. What a, And then um, I thought, hey, what a way to spend a day. Always done. Just That was good. Because he's like such a big reflection on their lifelong friendship. Like. Yeah. I did all that, and hey, I had a you know it was a great time, a great way it's to spend my day. It's very straightforward, very emotional, very good scene. I think this is the one they'll play at the Oscars if he if he wins it. Yeah, um, and then the last part of the song. When I'm 29, Michael and I live on the West Side of Soho, NY. You know, his life. Nine o'clock. I write a lyric or two. Mike sings his song now on Mad Avenue. Before we go any further with this one, I was saying the rest of this part. He says, "I sing, come to your senses. Defense is not the way to go." That's a number he wrote for mm-hmm, the girl. Mm-hmm. Over and over and over and over. That was yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Crescendo, more raw, the voice, that, like that was voice what I cracking, like out crying. Yeah. yeah. Till I get it right when I emerge. Yeah. Really? Wow. Piano like, the, the playing, right, like he's slamming. The, he was slamming yeah. the keys. He was like, like a little bit of slob, like just scream, like yeah. when I emerge from B minor A, you know. Yeah. Uh, so good. But what I find interesting about this song and this movie in general is that it almost seems like I don't know if it's intentional or not the way it happened. He almost had like a stronger relationship with his friend than Susan. I think you they know? meant to show that. I think yeah. that's why they purposely showed the scenes like he kisses him on the forehead yeah. and then like because like just Michael is such such a big part of his life, a platonic 
friendship, living with him, yeah. inspiring your dreams together. Like, like it's almost like Susan. The, Susan's just like his. It's, it's his love interest. His sexual like release. Of, yeah, but it, and I mean, it's not like he cares I, about her. But I, I either saw or but they heard. seem to make a point about the sexual thing. Like they show them, they have like that random makeout scene out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, that, that at first that felt out of place, but then now that you're saying this, I'm like... Or like, why do we stay in love with someone who's just like... That's in the last song, the movie. Yeah. Like, when he has the head on his shoulder and he's like kind of smiling with like frowns or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's like such a strong friendship with Michael. It's just so interesting because like a really big part... And I thought about this a lot with friendships I've had or whatever, even like with you, not to get too emotional or anything. But like when he's like, sit, go out to the beach and talk, sit there and talk with 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. That's just such like a, a real thing. Like, yeah. We're staying in the same place on vacation. We sneak out and we just go there and talk. Do you, do you, there's this guy on TikTok that does these, like, he, he just finds, like, finds random strangers. Like, usually it's older people mm-hmm. and he'll ask them, like, uh, yeah, like deep questions, like, who was your first love? And then he'll, like, it's like a little two minute montage of, like, this those, random some, person. Those are cute. Yeah. And, like, well, there was one of this, like, old lady and she was like, oh, his name was blah, blah, blah. And, like, he passed away so and so. And she was oh, like, oh, my God. She was like, he would get home from work and bring sodas up to the bed and we would talk till 4 a.m. And, like, they're, like, they're, like, in their 30s at this point. It's, it's just, so like, real. Those TikToks, that's something that would make me cry more than like a movie. You know, have you have you heard you know Mac Miller, the rapper? I know him, yeah. Have you heard of the album Divine Feminine? No. There's the album Divine Feminine. Is that Feminine. the one that has the spins? Because the only song I know by him is the no, spins. No, I don't think it has that song. Um, but the last song on that album is called uh, God is Fair, Sexy, Nasty. Okay. Which we should do this album because it's a really big uh, push between sexual lust and emotional love. Really great album. Actually. Okay. But not to get too much into it, but like the last song on that album is a... It does like a rap song with Kendrick, and then the outro is just good piano playing with a woman talking about her husband. Yeah, who passed oh, away. I, oh, Noah showed me this shit like that. Just like gets me, man. Yeah, yeah. It's just so real, man. So like when you talk about his friendship, like you know how many times we've been on a phone call till late at night. Yeah. Or if you've had other friends, or I've had other friends. Like so it's like, and the fact that you have this lifelong friend, years, 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 friend who's going to die in a year. There's just no, and there's literally no, nothing you can do about it. No nothing. cure for HIV. It's not like he's like going to go with the, like in a war or like he died from like the flu or like yeah. Because it's not like it's short term, like you got hit by a car. It's like, it's just like you have a year this or less. This is going to happen. And it's going to happen. You just have to deal with that. And you don't know when. And so after this amazing, amazing musical number, um, you notice how he says, I make a vow right here and now. That's different tense than before. Yeah, yeah. Um, after his amazing musical number, he goes to his apartment and he says, hey, no matter what happens, I'm here. We'll work with it together. Yeah. And he says like, you look like shit. Even though they both know that he's going to die. It's like, I'm just going to be here. Like, yeah. let's just pretend. And like- then, you know, they hug. And then that's just, that was a great, great part. Yeah. Um, that was probably the biggest besides like the musical climax. I guess this is also pretty much because you had like therapy, which was like a different tone climax. It was emotional it was a fight. in a different way. This is yeah, this is emotional in a different way because I think this movie does a great job of like it handles a lot of subplots, but usually they all pretty much they went all, pretty they well. They all feel relevant. They all feel connected to the theme, and they all kind of except finish for maybe the, the, the diner one, the diner or but his maybe, friend who goes to the hospital. No, that was that that showed you that 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 established the threat of AIDS. Yeah, that's true. So that was important. I I, I mean we, I guess we can bring up our dislikes of the film because I don't think it's a perfect film. Um, let me see if there's real quick though. I don't think there's anything else. Um, as far as like the ending of the movie, the musical any musical number I wasn't a huge fan of either, but it was it was good. It I was mean, it was as good as the other ones. Like I didn't, louder I didn't, than words. Did you like how it ended with like the like wrap up like real life thing where they I showed love like that. the yeah, I yeah mean, that's, that's, that's cool. a lot of biopics do that but I think it's cool and you know he has the final musical number of the song and you know it's like a celebration of everything and then he gets a phone call from Sondheim it's like hey yeah I mean, that I, yeah that was cool it ended on a on a hope did you notice I know it's the second time the final number which I think is louder than words from number he sings it's that's actually from the Tick Tick Boom soundtrack from the original mm, yeah a lot of the lyrics where it's like the boss is wrong as rain are things he had a notebook. 
You know, yeah, and he, he has he that a, scene where he had it all laid out. Yes, yeah. he had a flip book the whole movie where he would write down things, creativity things he would right. see in the street. And all, almost all those lyrics that you saw him write were using that song, which is so cool. Yeah. It's really creative. But it ends and then it talks a little bit about, you know, after Jonathan Larson and how Rent came out, but he died of like an aneurysm, aortic aneurysm. He died at like 35, which is sad. Yeah, he died really young. Five years, so he wrote Superbia, went nowhere. Yep. Then he nowhere. made Tick Tick Boom, kind of talking about it in 1990. But then five years later was his big breakout. Another process was Rent, which is apparently Rachel knows a little bit more about musicals. It's a pretty popular thing in the musical world. Um, made Rent, really big breaker hit. The night before the very first off Broadway showing, he died. Never got to see it. So he could, he, his creative How mind was gone. How poetic is that? Yeah, his creative mind is gone. He doesn't get to make any more musicals, but the one, first but he one he made- he lives on is that, his work. Yeah, he lives on. And this, I don't know how many years this tours. He's usually a tier for about, like, I guess, like five, maybe years. Yeah. Um, but like, so his big standout work he made was a success, even though he wasn't allowed to realize it, which is like really poetic and beautiful. You it's know? just like what she said. Like you, you go on to the next, you go on yeah. to the next until and then, you, and until then he, he got it, but he wasn't even alive to see it after. And it's like, people wonder if he would have lived, how much more awesome, amazing musicals could he have made? Yeah. I mean, it, this is just like Kurt Cobain. Yeah, like, exactly. The it's, death of a young artist yeah. is sad, but that's, that's most of the plot. Um, do you want to go the way, when yeah. are we going to get a Kurt Cobain dedicated movie? Like a yeah, real like a Hollywood good, production. Yeah. That's true. I'm waiting for it. I don't know. It's just, it'd be difficult to conquer. It's such a the suicide topic. Suicide topic, but like just like such an important person that they do it bad, it would really mess things up. Well, if you get the right person who actually cares about yeah, Kurt and I Cobain. I think that's what the difficulty is, is it's going to be hard to get. Because you could tell Lin-Manuel Miranda actually cares. Like I'm yeah. sure Jonathan Larson was a big inspiration for him. Oh, for sure. Definitely as a, as a young, new creative. <clears throat> but um, let's we can talk about what we didn't like. I mean, I don't know if you have anything. Um, I'll, I'll go first because probably be maybe a little bit less. I don't know because I, I really, really. I thought this movie I really liked had some it. pacing issues. There was some pacing, especially the second time I watched it. Like the it. second act, like the the transition, like first act to second act was dragged for me. Yeah. Like, um, any songs on it? Like Johnny can't decide. Did you like that one? Hold on, let me think about that. Which one was that? It's kind of when he's struggling, like Johnny can't decide. Oh yeah, Johnny yeah, yeah. has no guide. Like yeah, yeah. He's talking about Susan and then um, Michael. You know, I thought that song was good. Um, I I think some of the points would be like how uh, kind of what you're probably want to say. I assume is like some of the pacing. Definitely the second time I'm watching it because when you watch a movie for a second time, you definitely have like your favorite scenes you want to see again, and so you kind of sometimes the things between that can drag. Yeah. So I feel like there's some really great musical numbers, there's some really great acting scenes, but there is some fluff still, and, and so and, and, it, it struggles because you have some things that hit so hard and great and awesome, but it's like it's not it's not it's consistent it's, in it's hard and it's a rare thing to come by for a film to be entertaining for its entire runtime mm -hmm. and but you know as as critics like we have to point these things out yeah like, well, yeah like or unless, or be otherwise we're just basically saying this movie is flawless front to back which few movies are which very few movies are arguably none because there's mm -hmm. always subjectivity yeah but um yeah, I thought it suffered some, from some minor pacing. It's some songs nothing that weren't horrible, as good as others. Nothing horrible. Like, I could easily watch this movie three or four times and be entertained. Yeah. But there there was a, a good bit of filler fluff. Like, the um, what was the number at the beginning where it was, like, uh, it was cool, but, like, the, the number where they were, like, were, like playing it on, in their boho days. Yeah. This is the life, bo 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 Yeah, that one, I, I liked it, but, you know, it was like stuff, the party. Little, little stuff like that, it could yeah. have been cut. Yeah, um... Uh, looking at through the playlist of songs, what do you what do you think about like the the rap part play game? 
That's the play a, game. That's oh, that felt kind of weird. But it, it was interesting because it was like, and Rachel noticed this when we were watching it. It's very much like '90s, like '90s yeah, rap. That, it did like feel like that. Smalls, like the like Dutch the, angle, yeah, the, the tilted angle, the outfits. And it you reminded noticed, me of Do the Right Thing. And the and the credits. They sh- I don't know if it was in the credits or I saw it on Instagram, but like they showed Jonathan Larson actually with a hat on doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which that movements like that kind of pull me out a little bit. It's interesting commentary about to the me, time to but me it's it just like, felt like a like a like a like an intermission like a pause like yeah, i was like why is this yeah well, he's on the way to the thing it kind of is like a pause in a way um what song is this oh no swimming is the one where he creates the songs when he's swimming uh-huh. come to your senses really yeah most of these other songs are um i mean I, I you notice real quick a thing i think we should pull up the very end of the movie when it's like the final number uh, louder than words mm-hmm. you notice when like they show susan just before the movie's about to end, they, when they showed the girl recording the camera, they showed the real Jonathan Larson. You yeah. notice that? Well, it's still Andrew Garfield. I thought, yeah. They showed us like, like like five seconds of real Jonathan Larson singing. Yeah, yeah. And then they cut that back, was, which is cool. That was cool. Um, but yeah, pacings, some songs better than others. There were some scenes that felt like filler. Um, overall, though... Still, overall, I think the movie has a clear focus on its theme, and I think it explores some pretty deep topics as far as like how daunting a creative project can be. Yeah, really big how, mind how creative. difficult it is to break into an industry as somebody with no following or Trying status. Trying to do something that's so Trying different than the mainstream. Trying to do something that you care so much about but that no one else cares about. Because, I mean, let's face it. You know, if you're if you're trying to do anything creatively, nobody gives a shit about what you have to do or what you have to say until you make them give a shit. Yes. And that's and that's the impossibility of it, and it and it really only takes the the very few people who have that kind of dedication, like Jonathan Larson, to to, to pull off something like that. And I think this movie uh, shows that uh, aspect of creativity in a very realistic, very raw, and very authentic way. And for that reason, I wasn't as distracted by the musical elements because I thought they really supported that. Mm-hmm. And and and. And as someone who's, who's, I mean, even like with our podcast, we're trying to do this in a way. Yeah, a creative outlet. Um, but, but as someone who makes, like, you know, makes music, I make music by myself and it feels impossible. And I don't think I could do what Jonathan Larson did. Mm-hmm. And so I connected to this movie in that way. Definitely. Um, I think a broad observation was just like all the songs, the movie, like Jonathan Larson's um, lyric writing was great. Definitely from other musicals I've seen, it feels like the most unique because it's very realism it was as more, far as it was it's like more personal in a way yeah because his lyrics are just like about his life yeah and they're relatable just like the things he says like it's not like real like whatever like he says like fuck 30 90 he just like yeah. says that or like little things like the like sunday song you or know like just the, the, the lyrics feel so real and it's like uh, but really creative and yeah. quirky like when we wrote the song about sugar and the diner like oh sugar, yeah what up, and he's up? like this little is a, this is a thing i do where i like it's just write exercise. a song about yeah, something it just shows he's such a lyricist as far as like this how creative you can be with just like everyday words and songs. Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. I, it's kind of hard. You get what I'm trying to say? It's yeah. kind of abstract concept, but like just the way he writes songs. So creative. So interesting. Should, should we do a rating system? Okay. So I know we've done albums and movies before. We only did one movie and it was the room. And I feel like I don't want to give that a rating. So starting now, this was our like do, first review. Yeah. So I, I feel like I'm, we I'm need genuinely to give a asking you, do you want to do ratings? That, that sets it up like it's a review. Are we reviewing? We things? basically, or are we review just commentary discussion? So it's, you, it's a it's essentially an, if you want to boil it down to one thing, it's a review. So do you want so like we didn't do it for like OK Computer and Pure Guava, 
We did not. But I feel like a movie's it's different in that way. So you think, probably shouldn't rate albums on, you think? Albums, I feel like less. I'm less focused on a rating, but I feel like I should give a movie a rating. Because movies are really driven by but, ratings. But like, let's just go ahead and say, like, our ratings are not definitive. Like, my yeah, mind we're not, can change. Yeah, we're not experts. We're subjective people. We're not saying the rules. We have our I own think, opinions. I think let's go 1 to 10 with decimals involved. So basically 100 point, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I, I'm feeling like a, like a solid 8.2 to 8.5. Okay. I would say for me, I'd probably go hard 8.5, top of your range. I'll say 8.5, coming from someone who generally likes musicals more. Because like, I listen to this, I watch this movie late at night, not as late as you, it was probably like until like 10.30. And like, after I watched it, now granted, this is the first movie I've seen in a while with, by myself, you know, at college, I have work, a long day. And I was just like, I couldn't do anything else after it. Like, I wasn't, couldn't play games, I couldn't like do homework. Because it's just, a movie that makes you think. It just really hit me. I was just kind of like, wow, I was like... I guess I'll go to sleep. I mean, and then the next day I was kind of listening to some of the songs by my own. It's like, it just, it just really hit me. It just really, really impacted me. It was really real, genuine. I liked the music aspect of it. I thought it was good music. Yeah. And just like a lot of the things like with the HIV stuff and his relationship. The best word I can so use real. to sum this movie up is authenticity. Yes. It's extremely authentic. Yes. That's a great and, and I think that if you're somebody like me who, who doesn't care for musicals normally, or maybe you don't know, you maybe you're not a musician. You don't really like... I think you should still watch it because it has a it has a very clear human undertone to yes, it. Yes, very strong narrative elements, very great story they're telling of a creative and just phenomenal acting by Andrew Garfield. Definitely deserving of a nomination. I think yes, great movie. I'm glad I picked this. I mean, I, j- just to be honest with y'all listening, I honestly picked this because I just, just saw Spider Man had Andrew Garfield in who I like a lot and a Netflix original. It was on Netflix. We could both watch it easily without paying anything. And I was like, oh, this came out. Let's watch it. And I'm glad I picked it. I, I definitely think I was surprised about how I'm, I felt about it. I'm this glad movie. you picked it, and I had a lot of resistance to it. Yeah. I, I was surprised. I didn't pick this movie thinking, like, oh, this is going to be great. I was just like, yeah, I mean, it's Andrew Garfield. It's a musical. I'm like, okay, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Let's, let's try it. And I was pleasantly surprised, let's say. And I, I enjoyed this movie, and I'm glad you enjoyed it because we didn't talk about this. I was always I was worried that you weren't going to like it. You thought I was going to shit on it for yeah. an hour and a half. Yeah, so I'm glad that went that way. It's, it's just And so, guys, I'm not fronting. Like, yeah. if I hate a movie, I'm going to say. We'll, we'll say it. We'll definitely get to things we just like. I genuinely thought this movie was solid. If you're listening and you're on episode nine and you remember Ambulance, that we mentioned like episode one or uh, two. But we did, there's a lost episode, which we'll never see the light of day, where yeah. we really broke down that trailer. But don't worry, because we'll see that movie. I'm dragging you to see that movie. And I, you're not gonna have to drag me. I want to go. I, you have my consent. Yes, we will go see that movie. So that's something we will can be more negative about. So don't worry. We're not gonna be like, hey, everything because we've done like only things we really like well, so I, far. Well, I, I see my 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 thing with content is like I would I don't want to make something that I wouldn't listen to, and I hate when content creators just like I can tell they just make shit up because like they're like, oh, I love this and I love this, and they love everything, and they never say anything bad. It's like mm-hmm. I know you have negative thoughts because we've definitely cherry picked so far of like. The yeah, room, so far, pure guava. So, but far this is we, our first movie. Like, you just have to understand, we've never seen this, so we could have disliked it. But this, yeah, we generally just picked a good movie. Th- this podcast that you've just listened to were our first raw reaction and conversations it's about just, it. It's so shocking. It doesn't even feel re- real to me right now, Hayden, as we're talking doing this podcast because we've never not talked about something. Yeah, this was very interesting. We've, I liked it. It's a, like a thought experiment. Like, I've, we have never built something, and we like zero. It made for a more interesting it, podcast. These, these past I think, couple too. days, like Rachel brought it up. I'm like, no, don't talk about it. Like Colin brought it up. I'm like, no, like. Yeah, we just had to wait, and that's so I don't know. It's so I weird. liked it. I was it's cool. It feels like it feels like it's like new. It's like it we're also it also up our makes it like it also like uh, it mitigates the issues sometimes we have where we're like you know like we don't You're know what else to talk about. Movie. 
or like no like during podcasts we're like, oh yeah because because like we've we've had conversations like with pure guava like we've talked to death about pure guava mm-hmm so you know it was like, kind of hard to sometimes. us it feels like we're repeating ourselves but we have to think about like the audience has never heard this this is like new but for thoughts. this one it was like i i didn't ha- i didn't feel like any lulls because there was always more to talk about like like we would have had this this conversation off off air mm-hmm. but now anyway, it's on air but now it's on air and it feels cool so yeah um and i like this movie so much that i saw it again with rachel last night because i just really wanted to get a second viewing of it and i enjoyed it i wanted her to experience that but yeah did um, she like it yeah she liked it she was kind of tired so she was kind of falling asleep right she liked it um yeah, so Hayden rated it like an 8.2 to 8.5. I said 8.5. Um, but yeah, this was our first review of a brand new movie that we saw and we picked. Um, review of the movie um, Tick, 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 Boom, Tick, Boom, starring Andrew Garfield, which was a biopic about Jonathan Larson. And yeah, I really enjoyed this. I had a great time doing this. I enjoyed um, this. We're definitely going to do more movies, more music, more random podcasts to gaming, anything. But yeah, uh, I hope you enjoyed listening to this. Uh, I had a good time. I think you had a good time. I did. And yeah, that was episode nine. Watch this movie. If you if you listen to this without watching it, I question your care yeah, for spoilers. Yeah, because there were spoilers. Because it's a pretty pretty movie, pretty strict I movie. I would hope like, you didn't listen to it without watching it, or else why the hell would you be listening? Because it's a movie that definitely will suffer from being spoiled. Because there's a lot of, not yeah. twists, but like reveals. and. I mean, unless you're just watching it for the musics, yeah. the music part. But Anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was episode nine. I think we're good now. Yeah, that is, that was episode nine. Uh, uh, make sure you guys keep listening if you like. Uh, we really appreciate the support. Yes, and, thank uh, you. We'll be we'll be here. We're not going anywhere. Uh, so yeah, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>